Praise the Lord. Praise the Lord, everyone. You all may be seated in the house of the Lord. This is the day the Lord has made. We will rejoice and be glad in it. Uh, thank you, Brother Chucky, for standing in. Um, you know, so much going on, uh, but God is faithful. And I pray that what God has put on my heart to share with you all goes the way God wants it to go. Amen? So we're going to pray. Father, in the mighty, matchless name of Jesus, God, we first just want to tell you thank you. Thank you for the breath that we're breathing on today. Thank you for the opportunity to the various modalities that you blessed us to be here, whether virtually or in the house. God, we thank you. We thank you for life, health, and strength. We thank you for activities of our limbs. We thank you for our family and our loved ones. God, there's so many reasons to give you thanks and glory. So God, we thank you for your son, Jesus Christ. We thank you for the precious gift of your Holy Spirit that rests, rules, and abides with us. God, we thank you that you forgive us of our sins and cleanse us of all unrighteousness. So God, won't you remove me out of the way? God, move me completely out the way. And God, you stand here. You share with your people what they need to hold on to your hand a little tighter, that they might look into the eyes of your love even greater than before. So God, let the words of my mouth and the meditation of my heart be acceptable into thy sight. O oh Lord, you are my strength and my redeemer. In Jesus' name, amen. So the title for today is, I don't know how or when, but I know he will. So um, October 25th, about five days after Sapati went on home to be with the Lord, I'm watching um, TikTok, you know, the young people get you on social media, you know, so I'm on TikTok, I'm on Facebook and different stuff, but I was, I was watching on TikTok and um, this woman was singing and I found out that, that the song that the, the title is inspired by, she actually made it a song song. I just thought she was having one of them Holy Ghost moments where, you know, God just gives you something to say, you know. But her, it's like, like a nice little, and we're going to play it towards the end of the service. But she just simply said, I don't know how God's going to do it. I don't know when he's going to fix it. But I know he's going to do it. And for that, he's given me the victory. So we're going to look at the passage of scriptures, and, and I'm not going to go through all of them, but I love the word of God. Because when you find yourself not knowing how or when, you can trust the Lord. So I'm actually going to do some scriptures before we get into that. So we're just going to keep it simple right now. Before we get into our key scriptures, I just want to kind of give a little prologue or epilogue type thing I think it's prologue or first. okay alright so let me just tell the truth about me because this is one thing that I always try to do Chucky knows this I'm going to confess my confessions uh, the Bible says confess your fault before them before me and you know listen just be honest like you know I messed up I did the wrong thing I said the wrong thing be healed 2022 I have um, believed God for it all the way through in my mind. You know how you think, Brother Peter, you have faith? You'd be like, yeah, I believe God. And then stuff start happening. You'd be like, I believe God, question mark. <laughs> stuff starts happening. You'd be like, but God. And... um when I tell you it's one of those things where I be, I thank God for scripture because if you didn't have scripture, you would think you were the only one. You know, if somebody didn't go through it first, you wouldn't know how to go through it yourself. So current situation. Embassy Suites, my parents and I and my girlfriend Nikki, we went down there and um, over in Palm Desert and... I had already talked to the woman, uh, Janine Whitney, and I worked with Paul Huddleston, and we did our site visit and got everything. I was like, yeah, Lord, verbal contract, verbal. 
that don't stand up in the court of law, though. You know, we're not Amish. <laughs> you know, they people want stuff in writing. And so all from, I want to say, February, March, I've been waiting on a booking link. This is May. Now, I've called and I've, <laughs> I've tried to use the, the cadence that I've seen my mother do with bill collectors and different things when she needs stuff done and figured out. You know, okay. Then I even used my daddy's voice on a few times, like, look now, chief, you know. <laughs> then I went with my my nice little hybrid mix of both of them and <laughs> all of that. Paul Huddison quits. Get an email, Janine Whitney, who is supposed to send me my booking link, she quit. And I'm like, Lord, I don't want to look like a fraud. A failure? I'm. Do y'all mind me just telling the truth? Because this has been weighing on me. But God is so good. I got to tell you the story, and we're going to get to the lesson. Because it's all about, I don't know how or when, but I know he will. Okay, so, I'm. At, you know, they had Coachella, they had Stagecoach, and I was being nice and waiting. I said, okay. And I even told myself, I'm not going to go hard in the paint until after Daddy's 70th birthday because that was a, a work too. Man, I, I'm, I'm, now I'm anxious because folks is registering and, and the provost of my college, she's registering and her four sisters are coming. We need the booking link, sis. And I'm like, it's coming. <laughs> it's coming. And so... When I tell you, 2019, we were preparing for the 2020 Women's Conference. Pastor who loves to drive us. Not just because he wants us to be safe. He's nosy. Shh, don't tell nobody. Don't tell nobody. He drove us down to Palm Desert in 2019. And we went to the Westin uh, Resort in Rancho Mirage. And I walked that campus, and Chucky, everything that God has showed me about Be Healed, I saw at that place. And I was fired up. I mean, Mama, too, all the women knew I'm fired. I'm like, yeah. And I, and I was like, yeah, I, I mean, God, you're going to do it. And then here comes the pandemic. And I was crushed to smithereens. I felt like it ain't going to happen. Do you know, March 11th, the Westin and Palm Desert, or Rancho Mirage, rather, sent me an email saying, we know you wanted to do your Be Healed conference in 2020, but the pandemic happened, and we did some renovations, and we have these discounted rates that we want to offer you. Let us know if those dates are still available for you. Oh, I was like, <laughs> what? <laughs> so let me explain how this is relevant to the title. I don't know how, I don't know when. Mama, too, can tell you because we're on the prayer line every morning at 6 a.m. I don't have the perfect attendance, but I got probably about a, a little bit of B plus in the class when it comes down to praying every morning at 6. But I can tell you one one morning during the weekday, I'm, I'm, I'm in my prayer posture, and God tells me it's already done. I heard him say it, right? And so because we're finite and because we're very one-dimensional, we think it's just for one thing. But when he said it was, I mean, and I, I was on prayer, and I couldn't shake it. God just said it's already done. It's already done. It's all, And I'm crying, and, and I'm crying out to God. God, it's already done. And I'm thinking it's about my dad's party. I'm thinking it's about the church. And, but then God kept showing me the retreat. And I'm like, but how is it already? Then I just had to hold on to it's already done. Because like Chucky was saying earlier, we have to know the nature of our God. We have to know who he is. If he said something, he's going to do it. If he spoke it, he's going to bring it to pass. And so we got to hold on to the word. 
So I'm going to tell you, I don't know how God is going to do it. I don't know when he's going to do it, but I know he said he will do it. So I got to wait to see him do it and bless him in advance because I know he's able to do it. So another time in prayer, and we're going to get to the scripture, but this is all leading up in this is the current situation. We don't. But one day in prayer, God gave me now unto him who is able to keep you from falling and present you faultless. But one thing I love about the word of God and how God works his word because it's him anyway, he'll remind you of the very first, now unto him who is able, pause on that. Now unto him who is able. So that means there's no deficit. There's no diminish. There's no incapabilities or incapacities because he's able. And he said he'll keep me from falling. And I held on to that. And I'm still holding on to it. So all of the fears that I've had, God, you said you're able to keep me from falling. All the concerns and frustrations and what if people say, and what if, and you know, time, and what if they don't want to? God, you said you're able to keep me from falling. And here's the good thing about that. He says, not only I'm able to keep you from falling, but I'll present you faultless before the presence of his glory with exceeding joy. Understanding that, God, you have something on the inside of me that you want to birth out of me that will bring you glory. So therefore, I got to make sure I hold on and know that he's able to keep me from falling. So while I'm going through these life journeys where it make it seem like I'm going to stumble and fall my way, he said, I got you, girl. I got, I'm going to keep you standing straight. I'm going to keep you moving forward. I'm going to get you to where you need to go because I'm able to keep you from falling. Current situation. Let me turn on my phone. So I can say this. While I was going through, and I teach, so here's the thing. While all this is happening, and I'm trying to live my life, I'm trying to, nobody has it all together. Nobody. Especially not me. I'm trying to hold on for dear life. But I know my anchor is on a solid rock. So even though it seemed like I might be all out in the sea, just woo doo doo And sometimes those winds and waves are tossing high. I still got to know that my anchor grips a solid rock. And that's my Christ Jesus. So while I'm going through life, I get assigned to teach a Bible study. That happens every Monday night except the first Monday night for my sorority. Now, the Lord blessed me to become the interim regional chaplain for my sorority. So for, Phi, uh, for Zeta Phi Beta Sorority Incorporated, I'm the Pacific regional chaplain for the time being until more people move around. And who knows? I don't know what God's going to do for me. But I'm just being obedient to what he has me to do. So I'm teaching Bible study. I'm helping Nikki with her Bible study. Now, you would think with all the concern that I have, the worry, I would be frayed and messed up. But isn't it interesting that the Bible study that we're going through on Mondays, every time I'm supposed to teach, it's something that I need in that moment? I said, ain't that funny? Like, I'm like, okay, well, let me look for what's coming up the next few weeks so I can plan it out. And as I'm studying, God is like, this is for you. Amanda and I were talking a couple weeks ago and even last week, and I was telling her God is doing something in me because, one, you know, he's given me peace in, a, in some situations. But then it's like he's shifting some things, and he already gave me the, the subject matter that I'm going to share at the conference because I'm keynoting on that Friday night, Saturday night. And I'm like, you know, God, what, am I, what is I to do? And so he gave me one thing to talk about living fearlessly. Well, guess what? I've been dealing with a lot, y'all. Fear. And fear comes up in the most 
unusual ways. You mean you mean you standing up strong and you like, oh, be strong in the Lord and the power of his might. Everything good. And somebody, <laughs> you're down for the count. I mean, I promise y'all, it's, it's, I, I'm just telling the truth about Camille R. Perry. This is, I'm Reggie and Katie's baby. This is who I am. And, and I mean, and I'm trying and I'm going on prayer and I'm reading my word and I'm like, God, help me. So then one of the lessons that I had to share was you have the power. And they were talking about Proverbs 18 and 21. And I said, ain't this funny how God will give you something that very hour of what you need. So I'm reading all the Proverbs and good, good lessons, good portions in there. And then the Lord started dealing with me. Camille, you need to remember what you say has legs. What you say can be done. Things can happen when you say something. So I said, okay, Camille, you're going to speak victory over yourself. Victory over your body. Got this upcoming procedure on Friday. And all of a sudden, fear of a stroke. Fear, I mean, listen. The enemy, he put some stuff, Uncle Warren, in my mind, and it became almost realistic. And I had to stop and ask God to forgive me for the times that I've let the word of the liar sound like truth as if God won't do it. So again, I don't know how or when, but I know he will. So I don't know how it's going to look on on Friday for this procedure. I don't know when the relief is going to happen, but I know he promised me something. And I got to hold on to the promises of God. It's not easy, but we can do it. Well, how can we do it? We got to get in our word. We got to know that there's death and life is in the power of the tongue and we eat of which the fruit we speak. And so if we are always saying that we don't have nothing and don't nobody love me but my mama and she may be jiving too and and I can't, can't kill nothing and won't nothing die, then that's what you'll see. But when you begin to speak victory, when you begin to speak peace, speak joy, God, you're going to comfort me. And the accuser of the brethren, he is who he is. The adversary comes to steal, kill, and destroy. But Jesus said, but I've come that you might have life and that more abundantly. So we got to change what we say about our children. We got to change what we say about our husbands and our wives and our partners. We got to change what we say about our babies. Change and say, God, I might not have it right now, but I know You are going to supply all of my needs according to your riches and glory by Christ Jesus. God, I don't, it ain't about having the big house or the big car. It ain't about, it's about having that big joy, that big peace, that big self-control, that big faith. It's about believing God for what he said he will do. So when I was thinking about the topic for today, there's so many people who said they didn't know how or when. We can look at Abram before he became Abraham. God told him something. He didn't know how it was happening. He understood the biologic. You know, okay, I'm supposed to lay with her and oop-de-doop-de-doop and then a baby. But he, you know, he pushing a hundred. He was 80-something at the time. His wife was old, too. You know, he don't think nothing but dust and mothballs, right? Ain't nothing happened. Right? But God told him something. So Abraham definitely felt, I don't know how. And Sarah definitely felt like, I don't know when. But all through their sojourning to become the pioneers of faith, they understood he would do it. We can look at Moses. Moses mean drawn from the river raised by Pharaoh in Pharaoh's daughter but also had the company of his sister present and his mother being able to be nursed and cared for by the ones who put him in the water in the first place only God becomes a strong man with a speech impediment 
because we just ordinary people who happen to serve an extraordinary God. But what I love over in Exodus, when Moses, now Moses had a past like us all. Moses killed a person and thought nobody could see it. One person did, but God, the all-seeing eye, as Mother Farmer used to say, the all-seeing eye is watching us. He's looking and he's booking and we ain't got nothing to do. You can be like, oh, no, that's not what happened. I saw it before it even happened. But aren't we glad that God is so faithful and loving that he sees us still and yet loves us? So over in Exodus, and I didn't give this to the tech team by no means, God talks to Moses through a burning bush. God makes it very clear to him. He said, I have heard the cries of my people. And I'm coming down to rescue them. Moses, you're just going to be my mouthpiece. You're going to be what they see in front of them. My representative, my consigliere. But I'm going to do what I'm going to do. Verse 13 through 15, it says, Moses said to God, suppose I go to the Israelites and say to them, the God of your fathers has sent me to you. And they ask me, what is his name? He's saying, if I go to my own people and I tell them that I've been selected to be the leader of the regime change that will be across all nations and continents and stories and lineage and religions for the rest of our days, it's going to be me. Who do I need to tell them sent me? Just in case somebody wants to know my qualifications. He says, what should I tell him? What is your name? And God says to Moses, I am who I am. This is what you are to say to the Israelites. I am has sent me to you. God also said to Moses, say to the Israelites, the Lord, the God of your fathers, the God of Abraham, the God of Isaac and the God of Jacob has sent me to you. This is my name forever. The name you shall call me from generation to generation. So as I'm going through my current situation of feeling like, how is it going to play out? I got to remember that I am that I am. He has made me. He has formed me. He has sent me to do the work. Be healed ain't Camille's dream. In my flesh dwells no good thing. No, nobody lay in bed like, oh, God, oh, oh, me, my, find me. I just, I want to bless the people. I want to see me. Nobody thinks like that. Human nature wants self, self, self. Give me, give me, give me. I must have. So when you have a God idea, not a good idea, a God idea, it is going to bless Thousands, hundreds, millions, whatever the number, because he wants people to glorify him. So I know be healed, even though God has entrusted it to me, it's his ministry. It's his conference. It's his women. It's his hotel. The earth is the Lord's and the fullness thereof. Don't know how. Don't know when. But I know he will. So much so, I looked through the scriptures, the three Hebrew boys said the same thing. And even if he didn't, we know he's able. You're talking about having a godfidence, not just confidence. That's some godfidence. I got some strong confidence in the God of Abraham, Isaac, and Jacob, and he ain't never failed. Even when you are putting your loved one in the ground or in an urn, he ain't never failed. But we're going to go over to 2 Kings. We're going to look at the Shumanite woman. And I'm going to sit down, sit on down. Over in 2 Kings. And I love reading Kings, first and second. So much might, so much power. God was moving. I mean, and he's still moving. He don't stop moving. Just because we feel like, oh, I don't see it, doesn't mean he ain't doing it. You don't see oxygen, but you got it. So, 2 Kings, 
We're going to look at chapter 4 first. And I'm going to read from the NLT, and I'm not going to hit, I'm going to jump around, but let's look at verses, uh, let's start with verse 8. Here we're talking about Elisha, the prophet Elisha. We know Elijah, his predecessor, the one who blessed him with the double mantle, the one that Elisha was following after Elijah and and Elijah being a man of God and Elisha being a man of God, God used these men mightily. And one day when Elisha went to the town of Shunem, a wealthy woman lived there and she urged him to come to her home for a meal. After that, whenever he passed that way, he would stop there for something to eat. She said to her husband, I am sure this man who stops in from time to time is a holy man of God. Let's build a small room for him on the roof and furnish it with a bed, table, and chair, and a lamp. And then he will have a place to stay whenever he comes by. One day Elisha returned to Shunem, and he went up to his upper room to rest. He said to his servant Gehazi, tell the woman from Shunem, I want to speak to her. When she appeared, Elisha said to Gehazi, tell her, we appreciate the kind of concern you have shown us. What can we do for you? Can we put in a good word for you to the king or the commander of the army? No, she replied, my family takes good care of me. Later, Elisha asked Gehazi, what can we do for her? Gehazi replied, she doesn't have a son. And her husband is an old man. Elisha says, call her back in. When the woman returned, Elisha said to her, said to her and stood in the doorway, next year at this time, you will be holding a son in your arms. No, my Lord, she cried. Old man of God, don't deceive me and get my hopes up like that. Be sure enough, the woman, but sure enough, the woman soon became pregnant. And at the time the following year, she had a son, just as Elisha had said. We're going to pause for a second. Here you have a woman who was wealthy, you know, probably had a nice, let's just say, Tesla S-type camel, right? A few chariots, um, maybe had, you know, a nice rooftop bath and gazebo, right? Her and her husband were doing well in the community. And she's, you know, I don't need nothing. I don't, I'm good. I know you're a man of God. I'm good. We as people sometimes don't even know how to speak what our needs are. And I don't think she was coming from a prideful place. She was coming from a content place. I got what I got. You know, God has been good. To the place where I ain't even thinking about, she hadn't thought about no kid, not nan in a long time. But you can see here where she says, no, my Lord, old man of God, don't get my hopes up. Don't please don't threaten me with a good time. Don't. No, no, no. Listen, you know, I, I just got to the point where I stopped looking down the baby aisle over at Israel's Walmart and all. You know, it just things just got to be good. Leave me be. But the man of God spoke from the throne room of God. Does that make sense? Elisha was the mouthpiece, the representative, the consigliere like Moses was, right? He's doing the work of the Lord. It's not because of the word Elisha spoke. It's because the word from heaven to Elisha, to the woman, that's how it got through. And we know what God says is going to come to pass. Elisha just talking from Elisha's neck, then Elisha would have had a problem, right? Because now you're just talking from yourself. But when you speak from the oracles of God, that's when things start changing. So, sure enough, the old man and the Shunammite woman have a baby. Young man. Now, one day when her child was older, so here's the thing. Going back to the title for a second. I don't know how and I don't know when, but I know he will. This woman had faith. She believed in God. 
She believed what she heard about him from long years ago. She believed that he was mighty to save, mighty to heal, mighty to deliver. And all she wanted to do was to bless the man of God while he was coming through the town. That's it. Wasn't looking for nothing, but God saw what she needed. So now the son then got older. And he was out there working with his daddy and all of a sudden he had a headache. And the young man fell over dead. The servant took the young man home. And I'm going to breeze through this because I don't want to take you all through the 38 verses. But read it for yourself. He takes this young man back to the house. And, and, and he lays him up in the, in the, on the, she said, put him in the prophet's room. Already you could see where her mind was going. I'm going to lay him to the one who told me I was going to have him. And she told her servant, get me my, my, my horse, my riding mule, and don't you slow down unless I tell you. We're going to go to the man of God. She had intention. And I could imagine on her way to go see Elisha, I don't know how. I don't know when, but God, I know you will. Because you didn't bring me to a place where I didn't have no child, wasn't thinking about no child. Now I got a child and now he's dead and gone. Oh, it don't work like that. No, 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 God. I know who you, I know your character. I know your nature. I know your word. And I'm believing you for the impossible. So the woman and her servant get to Gehazi and Elisha. They up at, he was over at Mount Carmel, very, very notable place in the word of God. And so she runs and she runs to Elisha and she puts her hand on, she's begging at his feet. And she simply said, the son that you gave, he's dead now. <laughs> Come on now. It ain't going to end like this. And the, she, so Elisha heard the, the need and he sent the servant ahead. And said, lay your, lay your staff on the boy. And you know, everything going to work out. The woman said, I'm not doing that. I need you present. Because he, when Elisha saw the woman coming that way, he said, the servant, go ask her, is everything okay with her husband, her child, her life? Every, ask him everything okay. And she replied, it is well. In the midst of death, she said, it is well. You're talking about whatever my lot thou hast taught me to say? Okay. But she said, I'm not going to let go until, man of God, you come back over to Shunem and you come see about this situation. She wasn't holding on to Elisha for dear life. She was holding on to her faith in God. God, I know I need you, oh God. She went to that man, Elisha, and Elisha sent the servant ahead. And about time Elisha and the woman got back to the house, the, the staff was still on the boy, but the boy was not breathing, not responding. He was dead, 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 dead. Elisha prayed and laid out on the boy, stretched out on him, breath to breath, nose to nose. Did that three times. The first and second time, nothing happened. And over, it says over here in verse uh, 32, Elisha arrived and the child was indeed dead, lying there on the prophet's bed. He went in alone, shut the door behind him, and prayed to the Lord. Then he lay down on the child's body, placing his mouth on the child's mouth, his eyes on the child's eyes, his hands on the child's hands, and he stretched out on him. The child's body began to grow warm again. Elisha got up, walked back and forth across the room once, and then stretched himself out again on the child. This time the boy sneezed seven times and opened his eyes. Then Elisha summoned to Gehazi, called the child's mother. And he said, and when she came in, Elisha said, here, take your son. She fell at his feet and bowed before him, overwhelmed with gratitude. Then she took her son in her arms and carried him downstairs. She didn't know how. She didn't know when. But she knew God could. 
can and will. So if you keep on reading 2 Kings 4, it's some good stuff because famine didn't happen. That's why we're going to jump over to chapter 8. Because God is so, he's such a provider, he makes provision for all of us. Now, I'm not going to take you all through 2 Kings between chapters 4 through 7, but I got to park for a little bit, and I didn't give it to the tech team, but I got to park a little bit for a second where there was some lepers at the gates of the city during a famine. And these lepers had said to themselves, we might as well, you know, we're going to die anyway, so let's just go find us something to eat. But did you know, see, there, there's always enemies in the world. There's always going to be enemies of God because you have a devil who is upset that he can't be where he once was. So what's interesting, though, and God brought this to my remembrance a couple of days ago, and I said, let me find that. And as I was studying, here it comes again. The Arameans had been giving the people of Samaria some problems. The Arameans had, had not always walked right. You know, they, they pagan, they, they lived differently. And the Arameans had set up camp. They had tents everywhere and horses and cattle and food. And they was living nice in this particular spot. But they heard some chariots. They heard what sounded like war coming to their neighborhood. And they fled on foot. Left the houses, the tents, the food. the men. Now here's what I didn't tell you. Before all of this, Elisha had prophesied to the king of Samaria and said, listen, there's going to come a day where good flour is only going to be cost one silver. You can get six quarts of that for one silver, one piece of silver. And if you want something else, it's going to be one piece. And the, the, the king's servant didn't believe. Uh-oh. What happens when we don't believe? We don't see what we've been, what we've been hearing God say he's going to do. When we don't believe, we don't receive the benefits. We don't get a chance to touch it and experience it because we didn't believe. My mom often says to me, you can't receive what you do not believe because to you it does not exist. So while the man of God is prophesying to the king, over in the town, you have some lepers who are outcasts who have already known it's famine season. Ain't nobody coming to check on us lepers. We are diseased and ridden and, and nobody wants us. And now it's time for us to just find something for ourselves before we go. Had no idea that God had already sent a sound of war to the enemy. And the enemy vacated their spot. And the lepers went in there and they just enjoy. I mean, they enjoyed. They was like, oh, look at all this stuff. We got to tell somebody. Well, the word came back to the king of Samaria. And the king of Samaria woke up one night. He said, oh, no, I know what this is. This is a trap. I know what the prophet said, but mm, it's a trap. Send some scouts. That's that shaky faith. You heard the word of the Lord, but you still allowed the word of the enemy, the adversary, the liar from the beginning to make you feel like it ain't going to happen. But in case it is going to happen, send some scouts. Send some scouts out. Send five scouts out. And they came back and said, listen, everything is just like the man of God said. Good grain, good flour. And when I tell you, he said, all right, we'll send everybody. That, that unbelieving king servant got trampled to death. Because he, Elijah said, because you don't believe, you ain't going to experience this blessing. I don't want to be at a place in my life where I won't experience the blessings of God because instead of me focusing on the he will, I'm focusing on the I don't know. Do you understand what I'm saying? We all are going through something where we're wondering when and how, but we got to focus on the he will. Does that make sense? We got to focus on that he can, he's able, he's willing. The, the, when the woman came, the woman came and said, Lord, if you're willing, heal me. He said, what you mean if, you're, if I'm willing? Healing is in my wings. It's what I do. I'm the healer. Haven't you checked? Read my palm pilot. Listen, he is our healer, our sustainer, our provider. 
So when we don't know how and we don't know when, we got to focus on knowing that he will. Let's just jump over eight and I'm done. What's so interesting You have in the scriptures people on different sides of the spectrum of life. But they're included in the canon of the scripture to help us know we are all on different spectrums of life. We all have a different need of the Lord. We all have a desire for something. But God says, I am the God of heaven and earth. I reign on the just as well as the unjust. I am the one who created everything when there was nothing. I am the one that said, I will supply. I will provide. I am the I am. The self-existent. Do you know who I am? So, Elisha told the Shunammite woman, because time went on, there was famine. The woman's husband died. So he told her, take your son over to the Philistia. You know where the giants are. Go live over there for seven years, and when the famine is over, come on back. There's a new king that's running the land, though. But the king had understanding of who Elisha was. Gehazi is still on the scene. And sure enough, over in 2 Kings 8, when after Elisha told the woman whose son had been brought back to life, take your, va- your family and move to some other place. The Lord has called a famine on Israel that will last seven years. So the woman did. She was obedient to what God had spoke through the man of God. She took her family, settled in the land of, of, of Philistia. After the famine ended, she returned to land and she went to see the king about getting her house and land. I could imagine in her mind, I don't know how. I don't know when. But God, I trusted you to leave in the first place. And I know you will. Let me switch to NIV because I think that's what I got on the board here. So over in verse 3, it says, In the end of seven years from the land, the Philistines, uh, being from the land of Philistines, she came to the king for her house and land. The king was talking to Gehazi, the servant of the man of God. And he said, tell me about all the things Elisha has done. Just as Gehazi was telling the king how Elisha had restored restored the dead to life, the woman whose son Elisha had brought back to life came to appeal to the king. You're talking about a testimony in the nick of time. So this is why when the enemy wants to keep you silent, no, no, don't tell nobody. Don't don't tell. tell. They're going to think you're strange. You know, your daughter had brain surgery, but you think everything's okay? Shh. You recover from a stroke? Shh, don't say nothing. This ain't the time to be quiet. This ain't the, the Bible says over in one of Psalms 107, let the redeemed of the Lord say so, whom he has redeemed from the hand of the enemy. If you are standing here, sitting here under the sound of my voice in any capacity and you're taking in breath, You are the redeemed of the Lord. You've been delivered from the hand of the enemy. If you saved and sanctified, you already know your name is written down in the Lamb's book of life. You got a reason to say something. I got to go. It's late. I'm so sorry. Just as Gehazi was telling the woman and the son, the woman walks in and Gehazi said, this is the woman, my Lord, the king. And this is her son, whom, the, uh, 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 whom Elijah restored to life. And the king asked the woman about it, and she told him. Then he assigned an official to her, to her case, and said to him, Give back everything that belonged to her, including all the income from her land and from the day she left the country until now. You're talking about with interest. We have to understand the nature of our God. I got to get to my seat. But I got to close with this. Over in Jude, the doxology says, Now unto him who is able to keep you from falling. But Paul said over Ephesians, Now unto him who is able to do exceedingly, abundantly, 
above all you could ask or think according to the power that worketh with it. Do we understand the power? I'm talking to myself. Because one morning in, in prayer, God got a hold of me real good. I spoke to nothing, Camille, and everything came. You think that's too hard for me? You worried about a hotel? And God used Kendrick one morning. He called. He said, it seems like God's been telling you it ain't at the embassy suites. And I was so mad that he was right, right, not just, you know, he could be right on something. But when I know God is talking, he told you that. I know it had to be him because he's been telling me, but I didn't want to receive it. Because in my finite, fickled mind, my limited, I mean, won't believe for bigger like I need to because somehow I don't know if I'm qualified for bigger. I don't know if he'll approve me for bigger as if my credit limit could ever. Listen, the credit limit was paid on Calvary. So I can never have the qualifications, what I think in my mind. But Jesus said, what I did for you on the cross entitles you to be a benefactor of my blessing. And so why do you live under the poverty line where you don't need to? Don't be spiritual, spiritually homeless and spiritually in debt. Don't do that. Quiet the enemy. How do we do so? We get in the word of God. We look for the situation that looks like our situation. What do you mean, Camille? I'm, I'm going through this. No one has ever. If you've been sick, look in the word. If you're dealing with unsaved folks, look in your word. If you're dealing with doubt, look in your word. If you're dealing with fear, look in your word. You will find yourself in the word of God because God's word is quick and it's alive. So I don't know how, y'all. I don't know when, but I got great expectation, Uncle Ben. I believe God for bigger. Not only will we be at the West End, but God, you're going to restore everything you're going to give me double you're going to give me more you're going to give me more than what I'm asking because God you're able and I know you're willing I know you can and so God forgive me for the times that I think that you can't when I let a lie sound like the truth but God I'm gonna hold on to your word and know that I know you can and I know you will don't tell me how, don't tell me when. I just trust you and I'm going to praise you because you've already given me the victory. Amen, amen. Praise God, praise God, praise God for the word of God. I don't know how, I don't know when, but I know he's going to do it. I know that he will. Praise God. What a powerful message today. I, 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 it reminds me so much of uh, Isaiah 40 and 28. Uh, have, don't you know, haven't you heard that the everlasting God, the Lord, the creator of the heavens and the earth, he don't faint. Neither is weary. There's no searching of his understanding. He gives power to the faint. And to them that don't have any might, he increases strength. It say even the youth, the youth, the young folks will faint and be weary, and the young men shall utterly fall. But they that wait upon the Lord, are you waiting on the Lord today? But they that wait upon the Lord shall renew their strength. We need some renewed strength. They shall mount up with wings like an eagle, soaring like an eagle. They shall run and not get weary. We'll walk and not faint. What a mighty God we serve. And see, these are the blessings that God has proclaimed (coughs) for his people. There's some things you have to consider when we hear a powerful message like that from the word of God. Thank you, God. And, and, And it may even sound good to someone who don't know Jesus. Great. And that's why the word of God goes forth. Because if you don't know the Lord Jesus, what do that mean? What do that really mean? The question would have to be, have you at some point in your life said, Lord, I believe that Jesus is the Son of God, 
that Jesus died for the sins of the world. I believe that. I receive that. And, and, and God, I want you to come into my life and forgive me of my sins. Because I want to be saved. I want to be a Christian. I want to know that my name is written down in the Lamb's book of life. I want to, I want to know, God, uh, that, that when I breathe my last breath, that I will spend <coughs> eternity with you. All of these things that we just heard from the woman of God are promises for those who receive Jesus. His promises is for everyone, but if you want to, if you want to, if you want to sign the deal, as it were, you will will give our lives to the Lord Jesus. <coughs> we will never be the same again. Christ will come into our lives, and, and and now we have this relationship with the God of the universe. We have a relationship with our Father in heaven. And so now, when we're in that time where we don't know how, <clears throat> we're in that place where we don't know when, you know, we don't know which way to turn, but now we have this assurance <clears throat> that we know that he will, <clears throat> that we know that God is going to do it. So I say all that to say today, today can be the first day of the rest of your life. If you haven't received Jesus Christ as your Lord and Savior, today is your day. And you will be able to have those same testimonies as, as, as the Shunammite woman had. That look what the Lord has done for me. Because now we begin to give glory to God who is able to do anything but fail. So I want to be on the Lord's side. I'm on the Lord's side. And guess what? God has called each one of those who are called by the name of Christ to reach out in love and in the power of the Holy Spirit and, and, and to share with someone the good news that we all have embraced. And that's Jesus. So if you are in the sound of my voice today and you want to accept the Lord Jesus Christ again, today is your day. It is so simple. It's right in your mouth. It's right in your heart. All you have to do is just say, Lord Jesus, come into my heart. Forgive me of my sins. God, I want to walk with you. Matter of fact, God, I want to talk with you. God, I, I want to rest with you. I want to sleep with you. God, won't you come into my heart? And if you pray that type of prayer and mean it from your heart, guess what? We welcome you to the family of God today. Amen. In the name of Jesus. In the name of Jesus. And so to those who are in the house and in the Zoom 